It's time to know your soul. Are you seeking the you within? Has people pleasing stressed you out? It's time to find your light so you can share your entrepreneurial gifts with the world. Well, Red Rover on over. But the only thing you're breaking through is yourself. This is Soul Amplified. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to the Soul Amplified podcast. I am Vanessa Grace, your host. Welcome again to January 2021. I hope that your new year has many, many new delights in it and that you feel hopeful and positive about the direction of your life. I have been having lots of fun meeting more of you in the curiosity calls that I have been having about the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap. And I just want to say any of you that have met with me, I have absolutely loved it. I think it is so fun to meet people and to hear their story and hear how much you have overcome and how much you desire for yourself and that you are wanting to learn more about the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap and how it can help you, um, you know, cease being codependent, but how ceasing being codependent can make you feel different inside about yourself and how it can help transform how you think about what's possible for you and that you think more is possible for you and that you want to attain those goals. And I just love having those conversations and hearing your message of hope for yourself. And so I thank you for that. Of course, any of you listening that have not set up a curiosity call yet, you know that you can go and do that in my DMs. There's a link in the bio in my DMs on Instagram. And of course, you can do that. Um, There's a link in the description in the show notes as well to that. Today, I want to answer a question that I get sometimes. Very frequently when I'm chatting with somebody in my DMs, they will be explaining to me how they, oh my gosh, finally understand this part of themselves and oh my gosh, I'm codependent. Why did I not know this before? How have I been through, you know, X amount of years of therapy or therapists or in different healing programs, you know, different things that people have done to help themselves through throughout the years and somehow no one ever told them that they were codependent. And so today I want to talk about kind of pulling back the curtain on therapy and mental health and to give some background and structure about why not all therapists know about codependency and why it is so important when you figure out that you're codependent Um, that if you're searching for a therapist or a coach or somebody to help you or some sort of group or program, and you specifically want help with codependency, that you must search for a person or a program or a group that specifically works with codependency and says that they understand it. And you're going to want to see that proven and how they talk about it. Um, And so I'm going to explain you know, a lot of things about how the mental health system works in the United States. If you're an international person, this could be fascinating for you 
to like hear how some of the background stuff works that maybe clients don't see or you might be like this is incredibly boring and then I'm not offended at all if you're not interested in this episode because I can only speak about the country that I live in because that's all I know. Um, okay, so there are, first of all, a lot of kind of boring, boring-ass gross mechanics of the machine of how the administrative portion of therapy happens. So therapists usually get paid by insurance companies. Some clients just pay the therapist outright from, you know, their own cash, but mo most people use an insurance company. Um, and so that's one component of this. So if the therapist is being paid by an insurance company, that, th that insurance company is going to require that the client be given a diagnosis. And the insurance company is not going to pay for a therapy session if there's not an issue. Right? If the person's quote unquote fine, why are they in therapy and why should we have to pay for it is kind of the mentality of the insurance company. And so you have to be given some sort of a diagnosis so that there can be an issue that you're attempting to resolve. But there is a list of issues that you have to pick from. And those issues or problems or diagnoses are listed in a book. And so therapists who want to get paid by insurance companies, um, which is what most of the people in the U.S. used for therapy, in my opinion, I have not looked up research, but that is my assumption. Um, if they want to get paid by the insurance company, they will have to give that person a diagnosis. And the book is called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, and we are in version number five right now. Um, there has been version four, three, two, and one. We are currently in version five and version five went through a lot of upgrades and there could be, there could be a lot of volumes of books written about the process of updating the DSM-4 to become the DSM-5. Within the diagnostic statistical manual, there are all of the diagnoses that you can be given. Everything from autism to PICA to um, schizophrenia, bipolar, um, the, just everything that you can imagine for mental health and some things that you can't imagine for mental health. There's also substance abuse disorders in there, um, PTSD, anxiety, depression, um, all of it's in there. But guess what's not in there? Codependency is not listed in the DSM-5. And so codependency cannot be listed um, as a diagnosis that you put on the form that you bill the insurance company for. And so even if your therapist thinks you're codependent, that's probably not going to be something they're going to write on the form. Now, it's probably like written in a computer somewhere that gets electronically sent automatically to the insurance company. It's probably actually not like written by hand, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So it's not that therapists are only thinking about things that can be put on a form to be given to the insurance company, but therapists frequently think in terms of the DSM-5. And 
some of that is because once we know like what general area we're working on, there's better treatments that can be given because you treat bipolar different than you treat depression, even though they have similar characteristics. Or you treat anxiety a little bit differently than you treat depression, because even though they have some of the same things, they have other root problems that can be different and there's other things to work on. So you want an accurate understanding of what is going on with the person, and that usually has a label attached to it, and then that label leads to um, better things that you can do to treat the person. Because there's treatments that are better for certain diagnoses and then less effective with other diagnoses. So you want to know that. So anyway, therapists often think in terms of um, how does this fit into a diagnosis? Because it's part of what they've been trained to do. Um, not only for insurance, but also just for you know what treatment modality is gonna work. So because it, because codependency is not in the DSM-5, um, it's not that therapists don't know it exists. Um, I think it's just not talked about as much. It's not one of the main things that everybody learns about. I mean, everybody learns about depression and anxiety because they are so prevalent in society. So that is a big chunk of what's going on. Um, now, you guys have heard me say before that I did learn about codependency in college. I would not say that I learned much about codependency in any of my continuing education, but most of my continuing educa education, I got to choose what I learned. And so in your continuing ed, when you're choosing what you learn, you tend to choose the things that you are interested in or the areas that you need more knowledge in to serve the kind of clients that you're seeing you know, in a better way. You're like, I need more skills in this so I can help people even better. Just a second. Water time. And so I didn't end up getting, you know, more training in codependency in most of my continuing education because I opted for other things that interested me. And lately that has been trauma related stuff. That's what a lot of my training has been in the last few years and in Santre therapy, which I really, really love. But that's a whole other thing. So like I said, I learned about codependency in college, but I don't think I was ready at that time to really understand what it meant on a deeper level because I heard it and I thought, oh, I don't do that because, you know, maybe they spent like a day on it or a week, but even a week in school is only like five hours and I've spent, you know, a hundred hours talking about it on the podcast. And I feel like I'm still learning more all of the time about codependency. So anyway, even if you've learned about it through college or continuing education as a therapist, that doesn't mean that you're going to recognize it when you see it. Um, because I was learning about it pretty intensely um, through my own process that I've talked to you guys about when I was in that group therapy program for codependence. Um, I was in that for a while before I started being able to really see it in myself and then be able to see it in others. So it took a minute before I could see it in others. And so if it's not a specialty that you have, 
um, and th- as a therapist, you might not pick it out in other people. Like you might be able to see the behaviors that collectively are together codependency, but you might not know that they all go together under codependency. You would maybe have other descriptions for them that may have their own, you know, modality. So also therapists tend to have specialties and within their specialty area, they tend to go deeper and deeper into that specialty and then become very, very good at that, you know, nugget area. And so then if you have that same kind of issue as a client, you would want to see that therapist because you would get really, really good treatment. Just like I am going very, very deep into codependency. And so if you are codependent, you would want to come to me. And so specialties can range over different categories. You could specialize in an age group, such as, you know, children three and under. You could specialize with teenagers. You could specialize um, with people who are aging. So you could specialize with an age. You could specialize with a condition. Maybe you specialize in eating disorders. Maybe the therapist specializes in schizophrenia. Maybe they specialize in people or who are so depressed they are suicidal. Um, or maybe they specialize in bipolar. So that would be specializing in a condition. Um, a therapist could specialize in circumstances. Um, maybe a person is gay. Maybe they are a veteran. Um, maybe they are a child of a parent who has cancer and maybe that parent will survive and maybe they won't. Um, and so there's all different kinds of life circumstances or conditions that aren't conditions that aren't, um, a diagnosis that a person could be in or have, or just, it's like who they are. And so a therapist can specialize in a circumstance. A therapist can also specialize in a method of treatment. And some of these you may have heard of. There's something called dialectical behavioral therapy, and that's called DBT. Um, And that's good for treating certain kinds of diagnoses. You may have heard of something called CBT. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. And that specializes yet again in certain kind of diagnoses. Um, There's a therapy called EMDR, eye movement desensitization, I forget what the R stands for. And that one, again, works really, really good for certain kinds of things, specifically traumas, and helping to reconnect the left and right brain to each other and connecting the part of the brain that kind of walled off the trauma to the rest of the brain so you can reintegrate the trauma, which actually is healthy and helpful. Um, You could specialize in sand tray therapy. So again, there's all these different kinds of ways that a therapist can have a specialty. Age, the condition or the diagnosis, the circumstances of the person's life, the method of treatment. And um, methods of treatment can be, can go through research to determine Um, their effectiveness and some methods of therapy are easier to quantify and count and measure improvement and so those are the ones that are researched more and they're considered evidence-based and so there's certain 
methods of treatment that tend to get promoted more because they have more research backing their effectiveness. And those tend to be the ones that aren't rooted in deep emotion that are, they tend to be the ones that are more like left-brained where it's like, we're going to count how many times this person did this behavior, or we're going to see this measurable improvement. And sometimes with some methods, it's hard to measure the improvement with observable behavior, even if the person is observing themselves. And so sometimes really, really effective methods of therapy don't get as much funding, don't get as much research done on them. And so it's not that they're less effective, they're just less promoted by the kind of industries that want research-backed methods. And it tends to be insurance companies that are going to promote research-backed methods, or it's going to be larger agencies because they like to be able to say that things are evidence-based. And of course, evidence-based um, methods of treatment are good. You want it to be a proven method that's actually effective. You don't want some rinky-dink thing that doesn't make sense. But there are methods of treatment that don't bode well, that not, not bode well, that don't fit well with the research-based model. It has to be a more creative form of research. And when you have to stretch your muscles a little bit more to um, be creative with researching something, maybe it's harder to get funding for, or someone has to have a passion for it to be able to do research on that particular method if it's effective. So anyway, that was a lot of information about how methods get picked and um, why some of them are more important than others. Not important than others, more popular than others. Sorry, I picked the wrong word. My point in sharing the different kinds of specialties that therapists have is to just explain to you in an in-depth way why, why there could be this huge thing of codependency happening all over society and that everybody wouldn't know about it that who is in the helping profession. But there's literally so many ways in which people need help. There are so many different ways that a therapist could be drawn into helping people. And all of the ways that therapists are helping people, um, you know, is a valid entry point into service. It's a valid way to um, attempt to serve the population because there's so many different segments of the population that do need help. And so if you run across a therapist who you kind of like, but you need someone who does codependency and they don't do it, I mean, they are doing good work in a different area and just it just doesn't happen to match up with yours. And that's that's okay. And so you can continue to seek out other people and know that right now, because so many therapists are doing therapy online, um, that if you're looking for a therapist, you can look for one who is within your state, not just within your city. Therapists are licensed to work within their state and that's where they're legally able to serve you. And if you live in the same state where the therapist is licensed, you can utilize their services and you can be a client of theirs if they're willing to see someone who's out of their immediate ge geographical area. 
Um, and that broadens your reach of how many therapists you would have access to right now. Now, it would be important to think about, you know, after the pandemic is done, will this therapist continue to offer services online or do they plan to go back to only seeing people in their office? And that would be a reasonable question to ask them. Um, and if, if they are going to go straight back to their office after the pandemic, do you want to build a relationship with a therapist that you know you're going to be leaving later? Which maybe you do, because maybe you'll make a ton of progress with them, but maybe you don't because you want the security of someone who's going to be um, able to continue to meet with you afterwards. So that's just another little insight about the current circumstances um, at the beginning of 2021. I hope that this kind of revealing of what happens behind the scenes in mental health and the world of therapy and counseling is really helpful for you. Um, a lot of what I was talking about is from the perspective of a therapist in private practice, I, but I have also worked in community mental health at an agency where I was employed by, you know, a company who provided services that had many therapists. But most of what I have said still applies to those circumstances as well in terms of specialties and um, the billing component of what I was talking about and diagnosis. So all of that also applies to agencies. If you have you know, more questions about codependency, or if you have more questions about mental health or how to get started with coaching with me on your codependency through one-on-one -on -one or the People Pleaser Recovery Roadmap group coaching program, definitely reach out. And also if you have an idea for an episode, something that you want to hear me talk about with codependency, I love taking listener ideas and making them into podcasts. So reach out and I look forward to seeing you in my DMs. My dear, go be amazing. Thanks for tuning in, Soul Sister. Do you want to hear from me more? Sign up for my Transforming Your Codependency text messages straight to your phone every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for inspiration and education. To sign up, text PEACE to 877-338-0875. To spread this message far and wide, screenshot listening to this podcast and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me. I love hearing how you're growing. Get amplified.